our modern diets are just so weak and soft that we're not actually using our like jaw and teeth how it how it developed to be so that's another reason why you look at pictures of your grandpa your great grandpa he just had this chad jawline and like most people these days uh i don't want to be too offensive but i mean like people look weaker in their face as well and we're we're more overweight and whatnot like part of that is that we chew way softer foods and we're not using our faces and jaws how they should be quick disclaimer before we get started with this conversation with matt i'm not an orthodontist i'm not a doctor i'm not a medical professional none of the three of us are i don't know if things can go wrong by chewing these things and trying to mess with your facial structure and grow bones and change your cheek definition i don't know uh we're just having fun here just uh conversational purposes entertainment purposes not definitely not educational purposes uh this is just for fun and none of us are doctors. So listen to this for entertainment and as always do your own research. All right, enjoy. Hello and welcome to yet another awesome episode of the Lewis and Kyle show. Hopefully your favorite interview podcast, a place where myself and Kyle highlight fascinating entrepreneurs, investors, and a variety of subject matter experts. They could be in technology, they could be in human health, they could be in mental health, or really just a whole lot more fascinating subject areas. Today's conversation, we have the pleasure of interviewing Matt Phelps. I found Matt when reading a blog post on Starter Story, which is an incredible website for entrepreneurship type resources. And he told the story of creating a company very quickly called Jawliner. It is a suite of products that help people, any person, men and women, develop stronger and more pronounced jawlines. Uh, kind of interesting conversation, but you know, I found it interesting. He has a very fast growing YouTube channel where he talks about mewing. And if you don't know what that is, it'll be introduced in this podcast. We cover in this conversation how he created this jawline brand to you know, $9,000 in monthly revenue so quickly, how the YouTube channel supported that, how he's grown the YouTube channel, how he's grown the e-commerce side of the business, his strategies, and of course, his background and other business experiences that led him up until this point. I enjoyed this conversation. I hope you feel the same way about it at the end, and I'm going to switch to it now. Matt, welcome to the Lewis and Kyle show. I think we're going to have a fun conversation today, hopefully cover a lot. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. I stumbled onto your work, let's call it, because I was reading starterstory.com, which for anyone who isn't familiar with it, pretty great resource for growth marketing ideas, for just interesting case studies of people starting businesses in a way that really makes it feel doable and like kind of just imposes a ton of variety into like, this is a million ways to do it. And like whatever ideas you had in your head are so limited about the whole landscape. So I want to ask you how that starter story contribution came about at first. Uh, was that something they reached out to you asking you to write the summary Were you just a consumer and then finally did something awesome and then were like let me just share this with the community let's start there yeah i wish i could say that they reached out to me but i i actually reached out to them because for a backlink basically so i could increase the seo of my website um i've been a, i've been a reader for a long time and i realized that they have a really high domain authority and I wanted to get some of that link juice. So I reached out to them and they were, I think they like my story because I have the YouTube channel, which is new and it's this weird niche, this chewing gum for your jawline thing. So they were happy to, to uh, listen to my story, but yeah, it was, for, it was for a backlink, but I'm glad I did it because it leads to opportunities like this. And I've, I've also met other people and had some collaborations that have really helped me. Yeah, do they share any like, 
open source level of analytics with you about like the readership that one post has gotten, or do you have like a ballpark guess? I don't know how many subscribers. I think their newsletter is like close to 100k. I have no idea though. I have no idea. They haven't actually followed up since since the article. Well, you know it's up, and you know it's working because things have definitely come from it. So yeah, I never expected it to bring bring tra too much traffic. It was more for, of course, the backlink, and then for opportunities like this, meeting you guys, and that was the main reason I did it. It was definitely not my target audience. Oh yeah. Well, I think I skipped uh, what could be the juicier question, though. I like the term link juice, and that's something I'm going to have to integrate into my SEO vocabulary, the, the juiciness of the link based on domain authority. But how do you get into, uh, I don't have a sense of like how old you are, kind of your background and those things, but tell us kind of like where you are in life, if you went to school, et cetera, and then also where you discovered or found this passion for this niche of a uh, jawline mewing, et cetera. Big question. Um, so I'm 27 at the moment. I live in Stockholm, Sweden, but I'm Australian. I'm originally from Jervis Bay, Australia. So I've lived in Sweden for four years now. Maybe the accent isn't too strong. I feel like it's been killed by living in Europe. They kind of, you're speaking to everyone in English, but no, it's no one's native language. So I don't know. I just feel like you, you end up speaking really weird. But yeah, I, I went to school straight out of high school. I went to college, studied. This is getting, this is so far back now, but I, I was going to be a doctor and I dropped out because I was, I was trading and making more money doing that, trading financial markets. That was like a big interest of mine at the time. And then I realized I don't need to go to school anymore. So I was just trading on the side and I started backpacking and doing the whole digital nomad thing in Southeast Asia, trading stocks, essentially swing trading and, uh, met my girlfriend there, moved to Sweden, been here ever since basically. And in terms of what I've been doing here, I've been basically in the like VC backed startup space for, for like four or five years now. So I was working on by myself, this app that was basically sort of some sort of weird precursor to TikTok. It was kind of like a video competitions app. Uh, and I was working on that by myself. And then I met a team in Stockholm that was working on something that was like, not the exact same thing, but, but quite similar. And they had a million bucks in the bank. And so we kind of merged and I started working with them. We eventually killed that though. If we had to push harder, it maybe could have been something. And we worked in a whole bunch of different software products, mainly in the consumer mobile app space. And eventually we ran out of money that died. And then I worked a whole bunch of corporate jobs while doing all this side hustle things on the side and, uh, side hustle things on the side met met some guys that i've been working with for years now they're in germany and we've, we've built a whole bunch of niche SaaS products and eventually i just got to the point where i'm i'm working a full-time job i'm doing all these side projects i have two to three different companies doing different things and i just felt like i'm not getting anywhere because i'm just like spread too thin and i'd had this idea about this jawline gum thing because I was seeing all these interests just through like Google trends, Google keyword research about people interested in improving their jawline. And I didn't really see too many products. So I'm thinking like, this is a good niche to be in. It's also like 
small little things that you can charge a lot for and you can ship around. And at the same time, I'd been watching Joe Rogan and I'd heard all this interest about breathing through your nose, how it's so much healthier and how tongue posture can affect the development of your face. So I got really deep into the science behind that uh, just out of interest sake. And that's what this mewing thing is, which mewing, I don't like the word. It just sounds like this pseudoscience concept. But if you break it down, it's just like breathing through your nose and this idea that there is a proper tongue posture, just in the same way that there's a proper way that you should stand with back posture. So it's nothing too pseudoscientific, though that's the rap it gets. It's this cope for insults, but but I think it's totally legit. So I started making videos about that because I I saw a whole bunch of misinformation on the internet. So and they blew up, of course, because this was a topic that was brand new with lots of lots of interest, and there wasn't a lot of quality like information out there. So. Started making videos, got a lot of traffic, and at the same time, I was interested in making these jawline products, and then they were quite relevant to each other, so I used one to promote the other. And I started with this Mastic Gum. Let me know if I'm getting into too much detail now, but I started with this one product, Keep Mastic going. Gum. Yeah. Keep it up. Which is, uh, it's this sap or a resin from this one tree on this one island in Greece that I think it's the oldest chewing gum ever. Like the, they've been chewing it for 3000 years and there's even been like wars fought over it because it's, it's this commodity that was supposed to like have anti antibiotic properties, antibacterial properties back in the day, they would use it for that. Um, it, at one point it was even more expensive than gold in, in the Mediterranean. So it has a long history, but like I'd never heard of it, and most people have never heard of it. But but it's really hard. It's a really hard chewing gum that you can chew for hours and hours, and it never loses its taste. And it just so happens people that chew it a lot really build up these masseter muscles here. So I started with that. I, I felt like that was just a great product with a great story that worked. So I started with that, and then along the line, I developed more products a mint flavored gum that maybe the less hardcore people could chew instead of this totally natural sap plucked off a tree in, in Greece. And that's basically how, how I've got to where I am today. And now I'm just, I wrote a whole bunch of articles to promote it on SEO. That's kind of like a low hanging fruit. I felt like I could really dominate SEO and I'm still not really running any paid advertising despite there being big potential there. So just trying to catch up to demand before I scale up further. Master gum sounds awesome. I want to, I want to buy some. What's the, what's the website where I can purchase it? The brand is called steel, but I don't have that domain name. So it's called uh -huh. steel jawline gum.com, which I wish I had a more like steel jawline gum.com. Yeah. I wish Excellent. I had a better domain, but uh, back when I started, I was just thinking that I would sell this one product, and yeah, and I got the idea, the actual name came from, Jawline Gum was the keyword that everyone was searching for, and I wanted to rank for that, so I wanted to call the product Jawline Gum, and that also explains exactly what it is. You're thinking like, oh, chewing gum for your jawline, but that domain wasn't available. 
so I was like, okay, well, I need to add something to that. And then I called it, like, Blue Steel, you know, Zoolander. <sighs> so uh, It seems to me it that you've Steel. taken a really... It seems to me that you've taken a very, uh, you know, tactile approach to this whole business and you've come at it from a really like content marketing perspective. What in your background has informed you to, to make these decisions, um, from a, from a content marketing perspective? Great question. Cause basically the way I approach it has been totally tactical and, uh, it basically comes down to having made so many products that suck and that no one wants, or there's no demand for, and I have no way to reach people. Like perhaps the products are good, but I have no way to reach people. So I really got down to, I'm not going to make anything unless I know there's already demand for, and probably the best way to see that there's demand for it is of course, if there's existing products and people are buying them, but then you have to compete to them compete with them so then the next way i kind of thought was to see what people are searching for on google and i had this idea that if i could find a product that people were searching for that didn't actually exist then it would be pretty easy to like get customers i'd just make that product and rank pretty easy on google so my background working as at these like tech startups doing basically everything like the first tech startup I worked at, I was the first employee, one technical founder, one sales founder, and then me doing like growth hacking, trying to grow whatever we were, we were building. So I would just do the most insane, stupid things to, to grow various products, like super unscalable things and then super hacky things. Like one example was we were building this, you know what group me is? Yes. We were basically building a like group me competitor, or we were trying to make that better, more like integrated into your college with more specific to your college. Um, I didn't actually think it was a great idea, but that's another thing. And then we found a way to like hack into the college email database. And then we got thousands, like every student's email. And then we emailed them saying, you've been tagged in a photo on lanes it was called and then you're gonna open that like we would get another person's name from the college like natalie wickman has tagged you in a photo on lanes and then so you're gonna go on the lanes you're gonna download it to check it out so and we would get like everyone on the college on the app but we spammed the hell out of them and they're pissed off because it was a total lie so just like stupid things like that i've been doing that for years and, um, yeah, that was actually one of my questions. So you find jawline gum, uh, or not jawline gum, but jawline exercises and people wanting to grow it as a niche that you, you see is attackable. How do you make sure that you're not lying to your audience or to the audience that you're building in the first place? Like what experiments did you do, uh, with all of these different things, mastic gum, normal gum, jaws or size, mewing? Uh, to make sure that you, you know, were actually an expert in the space? Really good question. And the truth is, like, back when I was, like, 12, 14, I was, I did experiment with, like, every different way 
to like improve my jawline for some reason. I was really into like bodybuilding and um, and I would go to the gym and I was a gymnast and everything. So I went through everything like back then I would like chew on swimming caps because I felt like that was like a kind of a rubber ball type thing. Just crunch it up and then chew on it. And I even bought like a squash ball and would chew on that. So I, back in the day, I was like trying to find these ways to train. Um, and I never got anywhere. And then after like 10 years, I started seeing more products and saw that it was a bigger like trend. And I, I thought it was like my niche interest back in the day. And, and mewing was something that I'd kind of had been doing for a while because I had like independently figured that nose breathing was healthier than mouth breathing just for myself. And I felt like there was a proper tongue posture that you should have. So I'd been doing it for years and then I realized it was an actual thing that it was a growing movement. So I went deeper in on it and learned more about it. So I really did test all these different things and then Mastic Gum I used myself for a long time before I started selling it. I tried Jawsercizer and the other products, which I don't think are healthy for the jaw joint. These ones that sit at the front of your mouth that you bite into like an apple. So, I mean, I tested everything myself and I really just share my experiences. And though I could sell more products that people would buy, I'm not going to sell them if I don't think they work or that they're harmful, of course. What's going to hurt your reviews in the long term? I have a couple of questions. One, logistically, when did you launch this website, put up your first video in this niche, just for people like to get a sense of how long you've been in this game as far as like launch? Uh, and then one thing I'd like to, to circle back on, circle back, whatever, is uh, you had, do you have other physical product failure stories, failure for a variety of reasons, or just like interesting things you've launched in the past that could be fun to bring up? Because you mentioned some SaaSes that didn't quite make a ton of sense or have the right market at the right time. Uh, but there are any other like things, goods you were shipping to people's homes that didn't quite make it. Yeah, sure. Um, the, uh, in terms of the first part of the question, I started in, I think it was like October, 2020. I'd in the, in the back of my head, I'd had this idea for a jacket that I wanted to design and sell. And I'd been going back and forth with Alibaba trying to make this jacket and I didn't get anywhere. And I had this idea and I found out about this, this gum and I sort of started thinking about that. And I kind of thought in my head, yeah, that would be awesome. That would just take off like that. If I could make a jawline chewing gum, that's a great idea. But like, I'll do that after this jacket idea and this jacket idea never worked. So I, so just in one night, I'm, and this was in October, 2020. I put up the Shopify store with this jawline gum idea, went onto Fiverr and um, like got a image of like a container rendered and put it on my store. And I'd already been chewing Master Gum for a few months at that point, but I just wanted to see if I could sell it. I didn't run any ads or anything. I have no idea how this guy found the site, but some guy bought the product. It didn't exist, of course, but he bought it from the site for like 55 bucks worth. And I'm just like, well, this is a great idea. <laughs> How did he find this site? I just made it. There's no, no way I'm ranking. So I was just like, from the very beginning, I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna be great. 
So that was, yeah, that was 20, October 2020. And I didn't, I was a bit slow there. I was working on these other things. And I've been like, just had so many different things that I've been working on. This was just like one of them. And so I've just been slow. And it's only been recently that I'm like putting more energy into this. And the first YouTube video was like YouTube also just took off because first video was January 2021. I made a mewing transformation video. And then the second video I posted in March or February, like a month later. And immediately it just took off and I got like hundreds of thousands of views in like a few weeks. And then, you know, that same video has like almost 2 million views now. And it was the second video I ever posted. Didn't know what I was doing. So that's how long I've been doing it. It's been a bit slow because this is my first physical product store that's actually worked. In terms of other physical products that I've tried to work on, I've tried like probably like 10, but I've never actually properly launched them. I don't really know what I'm doing or I, I like not until now. Like one I tried to do, I lived in this, this college town called Uppsala, just north of Stockholm here. And everyone rides bikes. It's just like the Netherlands. It's like this flat city. Bikes are the, the mode of transport and there's lanes everywhere. And of course, when it rains, you need like a, a jacket for your seat, like a seat cover. Otherwise, your bum's going to get wet. And uh, there was like basically nowhere to, to buy those little things or none of the students went into a bike store and bought those things. So I wanted to make like an online store and make sort of like a branded one. And the main idea was that you would have <laughs> this saddle cover and you'd scrunch it up and put it in this little bag that would clip underneath your seat. So it was always there. You didn't have to like have it in your backpack, which is what everyone did. And I called it Bum Drum. And uh, I basically made the product and like ordered a thousand of them. And just, it just never went anywhere. I just had no way to actually reach those people. I didn't know how to target them. When I figured it out, there was no way to like, with paid advertising, make it profitable for such a low priced product, including shipping and everything. So what I eventually did was just walk around town and just clip them on thousands of bikes, give them, give them away for free, whatever. But yeah, I had been working on like a lot of different stupid products. I tried to make a makeup store, like the drop shipping thing. I've never actually done drop shipping because I never really understood how people could just buy some piece of garbage and you could just ship some garbage to someone without knowing how good it is or like, I'm sure it's more legit than that, but I, it's never really clicked with me. And, uh, yeah, I think those are like the main physical product things I worked on apart from, I tried to make, have you noticed there's like a trend these days with more like cycling speed glasses, like pit vipers. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I uh, kind of felt that vibe a few years ago. It felt like it was a growing trend. So I was trying to move into that space, make some sort of sunglasses brand. But uh, just with e I'm just so like cheap that I've never 
being able to fork out money to buy inventory out. I've always loved the software side of things where I can just sit down, build it. And if I can reach someone, I'll make money with high margins and like no cost of goods. Yeah, I think one thing that's really interesting uh, on a point we we're making a little bit ago is about the like this product existed in terms of this is like was this was true sort of for the bicycle seat. Well, actually, not quite. Uh, so people for jawline gum were buying a product that wasn't intended to be jawline gum as jawline gum. I think like that is like a really mature signal for like the, the market being ready for it. So it's like they're buying something that isn't meant for that use case, for that use case. So if you're the first person to actually like conceptualize and name something as it is for this, because like Faleem is what you always talk about in a lot of your videos. That's like this Turkish gum that's very tough. And mm, I've exactly. gone through maybe 50 pieces of it in the past couple of weeks. And it's good. It's really hard. Was the first day I couldn't yeah. do it for 20 minutes. And now it's like, I can do it the whole day. It was really rapid progress uh, in terms of strength. I do want to ask you some of this, like uh, the nitpicky science questions later on, but I just like wanted to point that out that I think that's like an interesting pattern uh, or like an interesting layer of nuance on like the do similar products exist and are you competing against them? But if none of them are actually branded as this is the, this for this, right? Like air fryers are kind of like an example of that in recent years, like an air fryer is just like a small convection oven, or if I don't know that the heat cycle, but it's just a small oven and everyone's like, but it's an air fryer. And it's like, okay, you've not created anything new. Like, this gum is not, is not something new, right? People, you said you were chewing mastic gum before you launched the store. Uh, I think your exerciser is a legitimately new and interesting product, but the gum itself is just like, you're the first person to take this good that's existed for 3000 years and tell people that it is the solution to the specific problem and then, or the specific new branded interest. And like, that's what really has taken off. So I don't know if there's a question there. I do have a different question uh, in terms of like some tactical the, you kind of have very casually mentioned, like, you know, I was looking at trends on Google, I was doing all this SEO stuff to, to see how much demand there was. Like, what specifically does, is that process like for you? Because for us, like, we might have a picture of like, okay, I've used this tool before, I've used Neil Patel, I've used Ahrefs, I've used Google Trends. Like, what is that stack for you for actually, and like, what do you look for? Like, how do you interpret the numbers? And you don't have to give us like a whole 10 minute SEO uh, course here, but like, what is like the overview of that approach? Uh, so that can be more tangible for someone who's not totally sure which, what, like, that's, they wouldn't know how to turn around and go look for niches on their own. Sure. It's, uh, it's a lot more manual than I would like it to be. There's some limitations that Google puts on some of the methods I use so that you couldn't actually build a SaaS around this because I thought about doing it. But ultimately, you just like, you start with like a broad niche or niche of something you're interested in. So you could start with like, I started with jawline and I, I use Google, Google keyword planner. If I type in jawline, it's going to give me like the number of searches and the competition and the AdWords prices and whatnot. And then under that, it's going to have a list of all the different, many other different types of phrases and keywords for jawline with all the search volumes for them. Um, and then Another way to get more, of course, is to just open Google and type in jawline and see what it auto fills to. You can use like an asterisk before the word to see if there's words, how to get a jawline or an asterisk after the word as well, jawline exercisers. So I basically start by just like collecting all the keywords for some sort of niche jawline, for example, all the different volumes and 
then I basically want to know how hard it is to like rank on that page. Like, and that's the main ways I do that is this is one search query that Google has called all in title. So you just write all in title with no spaces, a colon, and then a keyword. And then that will tell you how many pages on the entire internet basically have that phrase in the title. And it turns out that like the title of your page or your product is basically the most important thing. This is what I've found for your actual like rankability. So, I mean, if you want to rank for the phrase, how to write a good advertisement, you need to have that exact phrase in the title of your page. And without that, you have no chance, basically. So I found that when I want to rank for a keyword, I use this all in title search. And if there's, depending on the, the volume of the actual like keyword, if there's a less than a certain number, I'm going to rank really quickly. So sometimes, for example, I found a phrase that was celebrities with low cheekbones. And there's like 50 to 60,000 people that search for that every month, celebrities with low cheekbones. And I use this all in title search. And there's only like two pages on the entire internet that have that in the title. So I make a page with that keyword in the title. The page wasn't even good. I just had like 10 celebrities with low cheekbones. I'm ranking the next day in number one for this keyword that has like 50,000 searches a month, which like, that's not too relevant for, that's not like a high intent keyword, but if you're running ads on your page, if you have display ads or you have pop-ups to capture leads that can send them over to my jawline product, that's like really valuable. So that's that's one way I find like, if it's easy to rank. And then another way is I'm just looking at the, the websites on page one. If I would, if you would search for jawline gum, I'd look at like the domain authority, domain rank for the top 10 search results. And that's one way to look at it. And I could see how good their sites were, how many articles they had, what they were ranking for. And I could see that like, I could just, with a little bit of work, I could make a, a site that Google would prefer than this, and I could rank quite easily. So it's a pretty like manual process, really. But it works really well. The only problem with it is um, that SEO can be a slow game, and you can't just like put in money and get out more money. You've got to like you got to be patient. So for for Steel, I've done like a whole bunch of SEO work that's that's ranking and it's climbing and all of my traffic and sales are organic at the moment. So it's working really well, but it's just not scalable in the same way. So that's why I've done that first before moving on to, to paid acquisition. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, one thing with this conversation, I think that the, the jawline kind of how to grow your jaw, like it, it is trendy, it is popular. And I think that headline, thumbnail, title, whatever for us is going to get some views. And I feel like we've misled the people uh, without having much of the actual jawline conversation yet. We've, we've gotten into it a little bit with the Masticum and the swim cap, but let's uh, pivot a little bit into, I think just myself and Kyle's personal interest in, in your business story has distracted us from the uh, the vanity or the or maybe there's health benefits as well of the, the strength of the jawline. 
So what are like, let's start with, uh, you know, some evidence you might have, some case studies you might have, like some expectations. So the, your prescript, perfect prescription, uh, jawline first, like how someone's at no degree, they've never intentionally worked on this in their life. You've convinced them it's important. Maybe we can get into like the, what was the word for the facial sciences you're talking about? The oh, physiognomy. We get into the physiognomy of like why it makes you attractive or if it makes you attractive. <laughs> so let's do some of that like subject matter expertise type stuff now. I don't know if that was specific enough for you to start with, but like the jawline, what do you do? What do you tell someone to do? What's the perfect formula as far as you've come up sure. with? Okay. It's a, it's a big one. Let me know if I get into too many details, but basically what I tell people every time how to improve your jawline, I said there's three steps. There's mewing, chewing, and slimming. The mewing is the one we talked briefly about it. It's like such a big topic. I recommend you, you Google search or YouTube and watch a few videos. But it's basically this idea that, of course, tongue posture and nose breathing affects the development of your face, especially as a child growing up. Once you're at our age, it's like you can't do that much. It will take many years. But especially as a young child and teenager, how you breathe and how you rest your tongue in your mouth affects the development of your face and the structure of, of your teeth. And it just so happens that this people that do this posture and have proper breathing, develop stronger jaws, wider, um, sort of wider, wider mandible bones, and their maxilla is sort of upwards and forwards. They have more prominent cheekbones. And you'll notice people that are chronic mouth breathers, they have like more of a recessed chin and their maxilla bone sort of falls back and down into their face. And that's basically because the tongue up against your palate is a pressure that is applied when you swallow and just throughout the, throughout the day. And that pressure against your palate expands your palate over time. And that's a, a natural thing that's supposed to happen as a child. And that expand palate results in, I'm repeating myself now, but your maxilla being more prominent. So that's mewing. I won't go too much more into that. That's just, there's a, the guy that created it or developed the theory and his son, John Mew and Mike Mew, they have a whole theory of about it called orthotropics. They're, they're famous orthodontists and scientists, and they have a YouTube channel. So that's where, that's the best place to learn more. So that's what I say. Mewing is, it's kind of the foundation for your face. If you haven't been doing it for most of your life or, um, or if you want to start now, that's still good. And I recommend that to everyone, but like, you're not going to see enormous changes. But you will see that some people that do that have good structures. And then this, that's where the second part comes in. So that's the foundation for your, your face, basically. And it takes a long time to make changes for that. And chewing, that's where my company and the products I sell come in. Because the idea with that is these muscles here, the masseter muscle, like you'll see on Brad Pitt, he has these big bulging muscles here. They're muscles, dude. They can be grown just like any other muscle. And that's, it's just like people, for some reason, that they don't feel like that's possible. They feel like, I don't know, they, I don't know if they think these are bone, but chewing hard foods can definitely grow these muscle. And an easy, a low-hanging fruit to prove that is this condition called, what's it called now? Um, bruxism, which is basically where people grind their teeth in their sleep chronically 
and they're basically chewing on their teeth. And what happens is their masseter muscles just blow up. They get massive because they're grinding and chewing all night. So that's like one level of proof that these muscles can grow because these people have to get surgery to reduce these muscles because they get so big. You know, it's not, it's not aesthetically pleasing. Um, and then, of course, people that take steroids and chew gum, they, they grow these muscles. And, I mean, I have plenty of customers and before and off photos where people are chewing gum, chewing these jawliner exercisers that, that grow these muscles. Obviously, it's not as easy as growing your chest or your biceps or smaller muscles that are made for for chewing over and over again. They're they're kind of like your forearms. They're I'm not sure what type of muscle fibers they are. If it's fast twitch or low twitch fibers that need like very consistent exercise to grow. But that's basically what they are. And um, so that's number two. That's chewing. And then, of course, the third one is slimming, which everyone knows when you lose weight, you have, I say, like, mewing, set the foundation of your face, chewing, build the masseter muscles, and three, slimming, which is where you chisel and define your face, where you remove all the fat that is covering your face so that you can actually see the results that you have built with mewing and chewing. And... Yeah, I mean, I would need a skeptic here to, to point out more flaws with with it, but that's that's basically what I teach, and that's what has been getting great results. I'd say, like, a detail question for mewing and chewing. Are you supposed to mew 24 hours a day? Do you need to mew in your sleep? Do you need to mew while you're exercising? Because then nose breathing, it's easy to learn to nose breathe, but it's very difficult to learn to nose breathe while exercising if that's not something you do. Is that super important to chew? something super difficult for 20 minutes? Do you see something easy for four hours or medium? Great questions. So mewing is tongue posture. And if you think about back posture, back posture isn't an exercise that you like decide to do for 20 minutes every day. Look at us. We're all like uh, straightening our backs, but it's the exact same with tongue posture. It's, it's a posture and you should be doing it all throughout the day. Obviously when you're exercising and you're breathing in through your nose out through your mouth things may change but mewing isn't an exercise it's just the natural way that our tongue is supposed to rest in our mouth and there happens to be a whole bunch of aesthetic benefits to this but that isn't why we do it it's actually because when you nose breathe your nose is a better filter for for air you actually uptake more oxygen air coming through your nose uptakes it's like we get more oxygen out of that air. And those is also a great filter for bacteria and pathogens and things like that. So there's a, there's a lot of reasons why nose breathing is healthier than mouth breathing. And part, well, bring part up, of that. I was going to say, you bring up like an interesting point about the kind of aesthetics of it. I think that's if we like kind of loosen the forest for the trees here, it's like the point, you know, this is like pseudoscience, bro science, evolutionary science is like things that, make you attractive are markers of like health and strength, right? That's like mm -hmm. the reason that like a strong jaw, that's like a reason why a strong jawline is considered attractive. It's like indicator of, of strength and like some degree of like other beneficial traits, not just like arts. It's not arbitrary, 
that the that's considered attractive. So it's not arbitrary that like this healthy habit is what leads to like that attractive feature because it's a, a healthy feature. Nail on the head. That's it. Like it's the same with so there's the the mewing side of things. It's just the healthy way and natural way we're supposed to do it, which results in these aesthetic benefits, which is why it's pretty and beautiful in the first place. And that's the same with chewing. Um, like we, however you want to see it, evolved or were created hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago with much stronger jaw structures because we were chewing tougher meats. We were chewing like roots and bark and hard veg veg vegetables and things. Our modern diets are just so weak and soft that we're not actually using our like jaw and teeth how it how it developed to be so that's another reason why you look at pictures of your grandpa your great grandpa he just had this chad jawline and like most people these days uh i don't want to be too offensive but i mean like people look weaker in their face as well and we're we're more overweight and whatnot like part of that is that we chew way softer foods and we're not using our faces and jaws how they should be so that's that's another part behind specifically with with mastic gum there are many people that chew it not because they're trying to improve their appearance but they just believe that we're meant to be chewing harder foods and modern diets don't really fulfill that need so the prescription with sun buys your gum, do they chew it? And you, and you have uh, a lot of this answered on your website, but people might be like unwilling to buy something if they feel a need to chew it for eight hours a day. What's like your, how do you prescribe the use? What's your workout plan? Yeah, good question. Um, for, for the chewing gums, I just think that you can start with just like 20 to 40 minutes a day and that will be great. It's not like you need to chew for hours. If, if you really want to, you can after weeks of using it, but you will find that first time you chew a hard piece of mastic gum, you will be really sore in your jaw for, for a while and you're going to feel the tension. So I recommend probably just starting out with 20, 20 to 40 minutes a day for a couple of weeks and, and building up. And if you really want to, like if you've been chewing it for a while, there's something about mastic gum, something about its flavor, something about it keeping its taste and whatever it contains. It's kind of like an appetite suppressant. You can just chew it for like hours and you don't really get hungry because something about the way it works. So there's plenty of people that, that use it for that as well. They're just, they're just chewing, doing their intermittent fasting and chewing it and it makes it really easy for them. So you can work your way up with that. And then there's the jaw liners, which are the silicon, FDA-approved food-grade silicon, silicon exercises that you place in the back of your mouth on your molar teeth and you chew on them. And you can just do like 10 minutes a day on, on those and there's three different levels. So you can advance from beginner, advanced to expert with higher resistance levels. And as you move through them, it's basically like going to the gym. You're going to get stronger. You lift more weights and you advance muscle. like that. It's a muscle. Yeah. And that's just, that's the number one thing I find myself saying these days. They're like, yeah, but 
you can't change your jawline, it's genetic. And I'm like, I mean, you can't change everything, but this thing right here, this is a muscle. You can build that muscle. Like, that's yeah, undeniable. That's, <laughs> it's also funny what you point out with the appetite. Kyle and I were living together a few weeks ago. And I was planning into my day. This was not the Mastigun. This is the, the full I was chewing. So whatever. But the, because I have ordered the product. It's it's shipped. I have the, the, the tracking code. And, and you're well aware of that. Great customer service so far. Got to say, for anyone who's worried about that, customer service has been top notch <laughs> in my experience. But I was planning my day. And Kyle, I was t telling Kyle my plan for the next day. And I had put on my schedule when I was going to chew the gum. Because my problem is, the slimming is not my problem. I don't eat. I'm really bad at eating. And like, I can't grow muscle or I have difficulty growing muscle because I have difficulty eating a surplus of food. And so I purposely put my chewing phase for the day, like after I've done the bulk of my eating, because I will like, if I eat, chew the gum after breakfast, before lunch, I won't be able to eat like a big lunch. So like, I was very like aware of that to the point where I was planning my day around not chewing until I've had the bulk of my calories. So that's like super true. Smart, smart. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there's something about it. I think also that chewing sort of informs your brain that it, it tricks your brain into thinking that you're eating food and it somehow like tells you that you're full. Like, I think you're probably aware of that theory, but I think there's more to it than it just being a theory at this point. It seems to, seems to really work. Um, so yeah, try that one out, I guess. Well, I think we'll ask a couple of quick questions here and then uh, wrap it up some more rapid fire stuff. Are you taking advantage of TikTok, not finding TikTok useful? I know you don't have the same SEO angle on TikTok that you have for the YouTube search engine and the Google search engine, uh, but I still feel like, so, so where does that fit into your, your vision and or strategy? I feel like I'm uh, sleeping on it a bit. Like I know it's, I know it's going to, I know it's a great platform for this, this type of product and especially like the the pricing of the product and i've been i've proven to myself that i can make viral videos and whatnot i just like i'm just struggling to manage my own time at the moment i'm like slowly outsourcing parts of the business that i'm doing so that i can focus more on marketing and that's when i'm ready to go on tiktok like what i've done is just taken like two or three clips off youtube put them on tiktok and you know, I have a few hundred followers there without doing anything. So I know it, I know it works really well, but I'm just, I'm just stretched thin at the moment. Yeah. One thing I've heard, I don't know if this is true. You probably know more about than I do is I've heard that on TikTok, if one of your first five videos doesn't go viral, you should just start a new account. I don't know if that's like real or fake news, but I've heard that before. I heard that, but then based on like a bunch of friends with businesses and stuff, I I'm feeling like more and more that isn't the case. I, I feel like the first few you do get, you do get a push somehow, but I wouldn't worry if, if you don't is what I'm kind of hearing. No expert. That's for sure. I'm just telling Why you. Why did you say what? Yeah. Um, why did you stop financial, like trading the financial markets and swing trading? Or did you stop? I, I didn't really stop. Like, I, I still do it. I just, like, it's just two reasons. I feel like you're not producing anything. You never, like, get that. You never get customer reviews telling you, like, with this product, with these products, I get so many people 
as weird as it sounds, telling me that I've changed their lives. <laughs> also, my YouTube channel, they're like, mewing has really helped me breathe better. I can exercise better. I feel more confident. Like, they literally tell me I've changed their lives, and I, I don't think they're just trying to, like, make my day or, or anything. They're, they actually mean it. So there's that one, like, trading and, like, arbitrage and all these things. You're, you're not producing anything, and it's just, like, I realize I, I don't want to make all my money that way. And then the other side of it is that the best way to make money is with the business and then invest it later. You don't like, I like saved money, invested it, traded it higher, higher. And then like, now I can like make profits with that and, and still grow it. But I mean, it's much you're going to make a lot more money if you start with millions and millions, hundred million, and then you like compound it from there rather than starting with 10,000 and trying to build it up. And yeah, I just feel like the way to build wealth is with the business and then invest it, get some money, some big money first and then trade it up. So that's kind of what I, that's kind of like my long-term game. I want to be building e-commerce stores, and then investing on the side eventually till I get to a point where I don't want to run any stores anymore. I'm getting old or tired or want to have kids or whatever. And then I'm going to like basically invest the earnings and the winnings. Who's Hamza? He is this YouTuber that is blowing up right now. He's, he's basically like, you probably saw that I'm, posted a few videos on him like recently mm -hmm. because if you're into if you're watch sort of like men's self-improvement on youtube there's a lot of different guys that it basically seems like they're i mean they're making videos on these topics because they know it's popular and they want to like sell a product or it's their job hums is this dude that like really seems like he's completely turned his life around and he really understands how to do it. And he's like teaching people how to do it, teaching young men as well as, as well as him just being so like inspirational and motivational in the way that he speaks. He's sort of giving young men a message and like a path to improve their life, which with all this conflicting messages around about how a young man should be and wh what he should be, Hums is just kind of giving him, a, giving them a more, I mean, getting in a dangerous territory, but he talks about, you know, like the red pill type culture and sort of the, the more like masculine theories, but, but in a way that I think is more legit and less like not really toxic or harmful, just, just, I just feel like he's been like, he's just completely himself on YouTube and he's completely blowing up and he has this massive audience that's so loyal and his engagement numbers are crazy on YouTube. He has like 560,000 subscribers, but based on the number of views he gets and the number of like his YouTube metrics, he could have millions and millions. He could have 10 million. So I feel like he's a YouTuber that's really going to explode in the coming months to years. Agree. I think that um, we'll do one more quick question and then wrap this thing up. 
Uh, we didn't give people any prescriptions on slimming and some of them might have been disappointed about that. What would be like one, two, three, 80, 20 for slimming? I said for me, right? I didn't ask it cause I'm like, my problem is I don't eat. Uh, so I'm like the guy who doesn't care, but in the nature of the people who do care, that's like the one, two, three there. Uh, that's a, that's a tough one, but it does work differently for different. Doesn't people, have to be the top one, two, three. It could just be three. No, tips. no, no, no. One thing is definitely, definitely. There's this Tim Ferriss diet called the slow carb diet, which is basically about eliminating these fast type of carbs. Sort of leans towards ketogenic a bit more. There you go. He knows what he's doing. I've never actually read that book, but that's where it's from. And uh, I find that following a diet like that, where you really get close to a ketogenic diet, high protein, high fat, low carb, is the best way for me to lose weight. And because there's intermittent fasting and there's one meal a day and stuff, but most people have trouble. Those are super effective, but most people have trouble doing them. So if they can't do those things, then I recommend the slow carb diet. And obviously the same old thing you hear all the time, like it's easier to not eat the carrot cake than to go for the two mile run to burn off the carrot cake. Obviously it comes down to diet more than, more than exercise, but it basically comes back to insulin and managing your insulin, not eating six small meals a day where you're spiking your insulin the whole time. You want to keep your insulin as low as possible by either doing some level of fasting, one meal a day, the 16, eight hour intermittent fasting, or low carb diet, basically. So they're the, they're the main things that I do if I'm trying to lose weight and recommend to others. Yeah, I don't want to get into the weeds, but that's something I definitely think about is the, is there a conflict between chewing gum throughout the day and like the idea of, you know, having distinct meals and not snacking? Like, is there like a physiological similarity between chewing and snacking? I don't know. That's like a an esoteric question, but it's a concern for me in terms of, because I've noticed I've lost, like, I feel like I lose body fat if I eat the same amount of food, but I do it in two distinct meals instead of like five distinct meals. Cause like there's yeah. that, you know, off and on state, but I, I worry that like chewing gum interferes with that. And I don't know if you have the answer to that, but it's, it's a legitimate question. No. I have. It's a good question. I don't have the answer to it, but I think at least for mastic gum, which is it's sugar free. So it's very, very unlikely to spike your insulin at all. Zero sure. calorie. Yeah. Zero calorie sugar free. Like, so even then I, I'm not sure about because the only gums I chew ever are like sugar free, zero calorie, but then they may have artificial sweeteners and I'm not sure mm -hmm. how that works for, cause that affects your gut microbiome. I'm not sure how it affects your insulin. So I don't have the answer there either. Yeah. We'll keep it inside your 16, eight, keep it inside the eight hour eating window for a minimum probably, but yeah, cool. I think we'll call it here, Matt, where do you want to send people? If it's your YouTube channel, if it's the soon to be TikTok channel, that's not really your priority at the moment, or if it's just the store blog directly. Yeah, probably head over to steeljawlinegum.com and you can find the blogs and you'll find more information on mewing and how mastic gum, the history of it and how it can change your jawline but also the health benefits as well as you'll find the other products for for building your masseter muscles probably head there first then there's a the youtube channel which 
it's focused mainly on mewing and I talk more about that, but I'm going to probably become more of a YouTuber in the coming like months, probably become more of a general, like You're crushing it. got like 500 K views this month. Yeah. And like, I, I haven't put in a lot of work into it yet. So it's, it's really, it's really fun. Like I like making the videos. It's just, I haven't prioritized it yet. And I feel like if I do, then it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to grow even faster. So. Well, great. This has been a great time. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Lewis. Thank you, Kyle. That is going to close out this conversation with Matt Phelps from steel, the jawliner brand steel gum, mastic chewing gum, the jawliner, intermediate beginner, advanced, that's their current set of products. Three takeaways from me. It's first of all, super evident how Matt's kind of failed his way to success. He told us a lot of projects along the way, the past couple of years that just haven't worked, but it's super clear to me what he's learned from each of those things that he's applied into this one to make it work. And I think that's a good lesson that, you know, don't expect the first thing to work and, or the second or the third or the fourth, but really he's at the point now where it's like, okay, it's clear that what he's learned accumulated knowledge total resulted in being able to launch something that does work. Second takeaway is that it's just seemed effortless right now. All of the, this specific business, not his journey, but this specific business has seemed effortless. He waited for kind of the perfect storm of all of the limitations that he realized prevented any of his previous businesses from working. He realized how those are no longer present or was kind of waiting for an idea that wasn't subject to the same limitations and reasons for failure. This has distribution, it has organic interest. It's a hot trend. It's not competitive. There's all of these things that these kind of stars align for him. And once that happened, it was amazing. So kind of showing the power of demand, the power of having something with organic distribution as really strong tailwinds for launching a project. Third takeaway for me was I found it good at the end. Good is an interesting word, but good at the end where Kyle asked him about, you know, are you still a trader? Are you still like a DJ and arbitrage guy? And he's like, well, sort of a little bit, but I don't want to make all of my money doing that. I think caring about the broader implications of what you're doing and making sure it's helping people and, you know, helping people feel more confident and feel as if they're changing their lives in positive directions. I think it's good that he's, I mean, everyone has to eat, everyone has to find ways to support themselves, but it's nice that he has this prioritization of, okay, I'm going to do that for a time being, but it's, it's a means to an end. I'd also like my businesses to like actually solve legitimate problems for people. So that's always a good reminder for us. That's all I have to say for this conversation with Matt Phelps from the Steel Jawline brand. I got some steel chewing gum right here. Going to wait for the mastic to get back in stock. That's kind of the magic one from the tree sap we were talking about a lot in this conversation. If you want to find Matt, it's easy enough to do so. He gave some instructions a few minutes ago, and there are links in the show notes. You can connect with myself and Kyle in all the same ways as well. Links in the show notes. And if you want to support the show, leave a rating or review, or just share this episode with a friend, or just listen to another episode. All those ways are super helpful. Make sure you subscribe so you know about the next one, which is in roughly one week. Check out our sponsors, Espresso Displays, portable second monitors, thinnest in the world, to my knowledge, last time I checked, which was pretty recently. If you want the superpower of taking two screens anywhere you go, I highly recommend checking them out. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.